0: you want more? <laughs> <laughs> when I was a child, no, I won't tell you the others, I've got, I had three more, but I know it's a long weekend and we're all relaxed and this is helping me relax actually. I did listen to the podcast of uh, last week and uh, What's his name? Russ? Oh, yeah, Russ Um, was speaking, and he was continuing his series on effective kingdom ministry. And I thought, if it's all possible, I'd like to follow on a little bit with a few examples that I could see of effective kingdom ministry. And the first example I would like to point us to is someone who we don't normally talk about in church, someone who's venerated in other denominations. And it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the reason that caught my attention is that through a prophetic word that comes to Mary, she was there for that prophecy, for his birth, for his life, for his death, resurrection, ascension, and in the life of the disciples. Let's look at Luke 1.35. <clears throat> and the angel said, answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is in you, sorry, the one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Did you notice the Holy Spirit, the Father overshadowing the life and that Jesus would be formed within her? What a wonderful three people to be in your life. You know, I'm going to say that um, we are at our original and created best when the Holy Spirit is on us, when the Father overshadows our lives and takes us through our journey of life, and when Jesus is being formed within us. Okay? Okay. There's a parallel passage which um, sort of magnifies this concept, and that is in Luke, uh, sorry, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I think we had that scripture or that idea today about Samaria. Jerusalem is our town Judea is the region or the state that we live in. Samaria is the place we don't want to go. It's the place that is uh, not somewhere we would naturally want to go and to the end of the earth. And you will receive power to be a witness to go to those places. Now, James and John... Hooray! Finally, power! Like, that's what they had been waiting and wanting during the life of Jesus. They wanted a certain power to be able to overrule the um, people that were oppressing him at that time. Putin's got power. Jingzi, no, Xi Jinping, that's his name. Xi Jinping has got power. But it's a different kind of power. We want power too. We want power in our lives. We want power over our finances, we want power over our appetites, we want pr- power over, our, um, over other people. If you're in any kind of role, you're quite often having a power conflict sometimes. We want plow- power. I'm going to have to get that, uh, that glass because my lips are sticking together. <clears throat> Ah, oh, creaking. <laughs> now to get back on track, Paul explains how it works in two Corinthians twelve eight to ten. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and He said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you." For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is a paradox a dilemma that we have to live with. We want power, but we feel powerless. And God intends for us to be a conduit of power, not to be the power. Do you know, God moves at multiple levels if we're committed to him for other people's sake. That's why in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, It says, For our gospel did not come to you in words only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. This is another trinity. This is where it is us, our lives, giving validity to the power of the word of God because it's working in us. And then we're giving validity to the power of that word. We're linked with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is giving assurance to the person. You shouldn't drink water, that makes you burp. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is giving assurance and we're working in cooperation with Jesus' life and the conviction of sin. This is a pattern. And when God wants to do something, he chooses a person who can be that conduit. God wants to use us in this city. How do you feel about being a conduit? A conduit is like a pipe. It's not the thing that runs through the pipe. It is the outside. It is the the thing that allows the precious thing inside to flow. And I think God wants to do something in this city, and he wants to use you, and he wants to use me. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you know that you are temples of the Holy Spirit? That you're a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. I've learned all my verses in New International Version. And now we're using New King James here. So sometimes I say them differently than what's on the screen. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and the God's Spirit lives in you? Sometimes you just have to stop and think about that. You have to think about what it means for the Holy Spirit to be in you as a temple. Many years ago, the whole world used to travel to Jerusalem to the, the, the temple to be with the power of God in the Holy of Holies. And now through uh, the renting of that curtain, we are temples of the Holy Spirit and we're going to the ends of the earth. It's a reverse relationship. Um, but we have to be at home with the power of God in our lives. And that is something we go on a journey for our whole lives, getting familiar or getting um, not frightened about the power of God that is possible to be in my life, that it challenges what I know, what I have grown up with. It challenges me to leave certain things behind. Let's think about Jesus' words in John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Do you know? I was really tempted to spend this whole teaching on this concept of God wanting to make his home in our lives. And in the reverse way, that we. Become so, uh, in, we become a person who makes our home in him. And Jesus spends time teaching about that, and I'm going to come to it in a moment. But we're at our created and redeemed best when the Holy Trinity is on us and in us. Not outside of us, but in us. Let's open ourselves to the movement of God in our lives. Actually, I would go so far as to say that somebody here today is going to have a moment where they feel the power of God touching their life and they're going to say, I want more. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of Jesus to be formed in me. I want to live under the overshadowing presence of God more. And I'm going to give myself, I'm actually going to dedicate myself today. About 30 years, no, 20 years ago, because I can see my daughter up there and she was born. So it was about 20 years ago. Anybody else up there that I know? Um, I got invited to come to Launceston to speak to a group of Christians about sharing Christ. Uh, We were living in Hobart. And to be honest, I turned it down. Because at that time, I wasn't comfortable with the idea of going and sharing how to win people to Christ when I wasn't winning people to Christ. And I wasn't even having conversations with people that were taking them. I wasn't seeding conversations with something about Jesus, with any kind of testimony that would help them come to Christ. And I didn't want to repeat techniques that other people had taught me that they were effective in, I didn't want to do that. What techniques did Jesus give his disciples as he asked them to become fishers of men? Do you know, I don't see many. Let me share one. It's the only one I know of. He said, this is how you pray. Luke 11. Luke 11. Our Father... Or as the pirates say "Ah, Father <laughs> That was the second joke, I had it on the list <laughs> Do you want me to weave the other two in? <laughs> he taught them the Lord's Prayer a way of communing with the Father and then he adds two more little teachings after that about how to be earnest This is what Jesus taught his followers in terms of being effective was to make sure they knew the Father. He thought it was enough. He thought it was enough to teach his disciples to commune with the Father. John 17 verse 24 to 26. Before we read it, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, I pray as we open up this word that you will have authority over this word in our lives. We give ourselves to you to hear you, to surrender to you and to be open to you and to what you may want to do in our lives. Show us how we can be effective in you as testifiers of Jesus Christ Help us, Lord, to understand and to follow and to obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you. But I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. This is just so wonderful. He wants to make his home in our lives. He wants us to be in the Father in the same way that he was in the Father. The John 17 prayer is just a foundational thing for us to know about. It's about being at home with him and him being at home in us. He wants us to be the chosen ones to be in a place of revelation. It's not about technique. It's about revelation. He wants us to see him and behold him. Not just glance at him, not just sing about him for an hour and a week, but behold him. He wants us to behold him. That we then in that beholding may see the relationship the son has with the father and that may be an example to us about what we are to aspire to. That we may see The way Jesus sees the Father, a righteous Father, who can be known. He was unknown, but He wants to make Him known, and that revelation will help us to live for Him. This is the grace that's enough. Now I've heard people praying in different prayer groups. Oh, I could do tell you a joke about a prayer group if you like. I go to one on a Thursday morning. Rob comes along and a few others. And uh, (laughs) I asked asked Russ if he could pray for my hearing. And so he put his fingers in my ear and he said a prayer. I couldn't quite hear it it (laughs) because it looked like it was good. Pulled his fingers out of my ear and then said to me, how's your hearing now? I said, I don't know, I don't go to court until this Thursday. (laughs) Where's my drum? (laughs) Mute. I've heard people saying that we need a second Pentecost. Let me tell you something, that's unbiblical. You know why? Why? Because the first one is still happening. The Holy Spirit is still moving. The Holy Spirit is still coming on people. That He has not been exhausted. He has still got power to go. I'm going to take you back to Acts 1.8. It says, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the end, not ends, end of the earth. What is that? That is the word eschatol, where we get the word eschatology, eschatology, which is the study of last things. He's taking us not only through geography, but he's going to be with us with his power, helping us to testify until the end of the earth, until the end of time. And that means that we won't run out of time to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to become a witness. It's not too late. It's not too late to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not too late to have a testimony. And and we'll we'll explore that a little bit more in a moment. John 3.34 is an exciting verse. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. Come, Holy Spirit, continue to flood us with your grace and mercy. Fill us to overflowing. Give us more of you. We're ready to receive the more. All things can be done through him. There is no limit and there's no bias against you. There's no bias against any person. The Holy Spirit comes on all. It won't be sin or intellect or personality that limit the Holy Spirit. Right? You may think that I don't have the intellect for this. I don't have the personality for this. But the Holy Spirit is given without measure. But let's be authentic. We know when the Holy Spirit is on us. In Acts 2, if we read that passage, there were demonstrative events, events um, which helped people see that the Holy Spirit was moving. Let's read Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, the Honda joke, in one place. <laughs> that was an extra. I'd actually, that's training for free. <laughs> and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Just notice there. It was a sound of heaven as, as if there was a wind. So I go into the bush to go to my trials club, and you're there in one of these big ravines, and you can hear wind whoosh, going down through the ravines. It, you're not feeling any of it yourself, but naturally, your eyes look for where that sound is happening, because you see the trees moving down there, and it's moving right down through the valley. And that's the kind of experience that they were having. This was not normal. They heard the sound. It was a sound of heaven, and it was moving, but it wasn't um, physically touching them. Uh, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. This again is a little bit like Moses when he's walking along and sees a bush burning, but it's not being consumed. What's happening there? There's an appearance of a flame. The presence of God is actually there, but it's not consuming the object it sits on. Right? The presence of God is there to empower, to change, to challenge, to signify his presence, but it's not consuming. The Holy Spirit does not consume us. And and one flame sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The onlookers knew that something was happening. There was the sound. There was the flame. And the flame connected with the language. And all of a sudden there was a a new language being spoken, one that onlookers could hear in their own mother tongue. This was a significant birthing experience for the church on that day. That birthing experience can be experienced by individuals. Let me illustrate a little bit further. Last week, Russ gave a challenge at the end of the message, I wasn't here, but I was talking to a young lady I bring to, well, we bring to church from my work and she was sitting up the back, and Russ gave a challenge, and she said her heart was going like this, and she wanted to go forward. She felt like she did, so she took a couple of steps, then she went back, and then she took a couple of steps forward, and then she went back, but she never came out. And then we were discussing it at work, and she told me that um, she couldn't believe, she knew she needed to do something, um, and, but her heart was driving her crazy. When she checked her watch, where a heartbeat was recorded, Her heartbeat never changed. Right? So what's happening is we are a physical body, but we're having a spiritual experience. That's the signal of God moving on your life. Just like the burning bush, just like the disciples here, they're experiencing a supernatural event. When you're experiencing a supernatural event, what do you do? Obey. Obey. Don't step back, step forward. Um, when I've heard Reinhard Bonnke talk on this topic. Reinhard Bonnke is a very famous evangelist, passed away now. And one of these meetings in Africa, there were 1.6 million people in attendance on that one night. One million came forward to receive Christ. That man had a significant ministry in Africa. It was amazing. And he was talking about this, um, that in that room there were 120 people and there were 120 flames and there was a flame for everyone. Do you know what I think was happening? I've seen bushfires in Australia where you get a fireball coming across the top of the trees and everything that's flammable catches a light. If you're flammable for the Holy Spirit, you're going to catch a light. That's what's going to happen. God's going to touch you because you're wanting him. Um, I uh, Many years ago when we lived in Hobart, I remember going to Mount Wellington and we were up the top of the mountain and um, the wind was blowing so hard one of the kids opened the door a little bit and the wind was behind it and boom, threw the door back like I thought the thing was going to come off the hinges. And then we got... That was one occasion. We've done it again another time. I remember standing, I can't do the Michael Jackson thing where you stand at like an angle like that. But it was like that. We, We were literally standing at a 45 degree angle to try and stand up. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, there is a significant event that happens in your life. And I think that today, God wants to do something new for a number of us. He wants to give us a Holy Spirit experience. One where we'll know that something is new and is happening. Um, Maybe I could ask for the worship team to come back. Well, you might sit there and be saying, well, I'm not feeling it. Well, at this point, I'm going to encourage us I'm going to ask the two most important intercessors in this church are going to pray for you. These two intercessors have a track record of success. Let me introduce the first intercessor. His name is Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which we cannot which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of this knows the mind of this sorry now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God the Holy Spirit prays the will of God you may not know exactly what you want to do you may not know exactly where you've got to be You know, this week, next week. You you may want to be a testifier to Jesus, but you're not quite sure. The Holy Spirit intercedes so that you can do the will of God. And you can be effective in God's kingdom ministry. Any guesses who's the second intercessor? Jesus. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things i write to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate, a sponsor, an intercessor before God. Um, an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We're going to invite Jesus. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit. And if you're feeling it. If you're believing that God wants to do something, if you're wanting more, that I'm gonna encourage you to come forward for prayer. I've spoken to a couple of people and I'm gonna suggest that if you would like to receive tongues that you've never received tongues before, then I'm gonna encourage Lance and Christine to come over here and you come and see them. Lance did a brilliant teaching about two years ago in. 2019 on how to receive tongues. Tongues, when the Holy Spirit connects with your voice box, you'll start to speak a language that is of heaven. And Lance and Christine would love to help you with that. If you want to get past any sins, and you need Jesus to help you as an advocate, then I encourage you to come forward for prayer. If you want to be empty your life of some of the worldliness that you know is there and you want to move into more of the Holy Spirit then I encourage you to come and get prayer. The Holy Spirit convicts but Jesus cleanses us from sin. The Holy Spirit may bring a conviction to you, you'll know it you'll feel it but Jesus cleanses If you'd need to receive, if you'd like to receive Jesus today, he will cleanse you from your sin and you will be set free to live with his freedoms in your life. If you'd like to be overshadowed by the presence of God more and more, then I encourage you to come and receive prayer. And we have elders at hand here to pray. Why don't we sing?